Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by our friends at ThorMX. ThorMX, the gear of choice of many racers, uh, including Ryan Villapoto, who uh, won this weekend in St. Louis. This is the St. Louis Supercross race wrap-up. And uh, with me on the line, as usual, uh, an ex-racer, an ex-great racer, and an ex-great flagman. Um, someone who's been recognized, waiting to get recognized by the Flagman Hall of Fame. And hopefully one day that phone will ring for him. Uh I'm Steve Mathis, Jason Wygant. Yes. And Jason well, Thomas. I'm a great flagger, thank you. Yes, sir. Well, I didn't want to get your I don't want to make you think, you know, that you, you don't compare to JT. Like JT was a great racer and everything and you know, I have four Manitoba titles. Wygant, we gotta come up with something for you. I did once pull a KX sixty five up to the top of the mountain at English Town, so there you go. You're right. I didn't want to use the terms great backyard wrestler, because that it's definitely not something that you were. No, I was a backyard wrestler, but I was definitely not great. No, no, you were definitely not great at it. And the less said about those backyard wrestling tapes, the better. No, no, no. It was great, and they were great. I just personally wasn't great. JT, would you like to break this tie we have? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to waffle right down the middle. All right, fantastic. It wouldn't be a podcast without that. Um, exactly. <clears throat> all right, St. Louis Supercross, come and gone. Um we're fighting on text message, uh, myself and you two guys, on who called RV's win first. Um, it, it's to the point now where whoever – someone called it when the bike was unloaded. But uh, we – No, t- there, there is no argument. It's, it's, there is an argument. I'm going to lose my mind if you really think that you called it first. Well, I, did, I, saw, I showed you that text message that I sent at 11.14 or, or whatever it was, 1.14. Weech, look, look, please chime yeah, in on no, this. Fully, I'm, I'm going to break this. It was fully JT. Because, Mathis, unless, for some reason, when JT said to us, I'm telling you right now, Ryan Villapoto is going to win this race. Mathis, in, unless for some reason you decided to just not mention that you had already sent the text saying the same thing. No, I think I just didn't mention it, yeah. I think, Why? I, think oh, I just really? didn't mention it. I, I just held it back. We there's, cannot. there's no chance because their, their practice goes way before 1.14 p.m., and it was during their practice, so it's not possible. Well, my Time-wise, it is not possible. My phone says... Here we are. This is yeah. fascinating. One fourteen p.m. It was way before oh, then. Hold on. Well, my phone says eleven fourteen a.m., but I guess that's California time. There's no way I would. I did it in during the middle of the very first practice. So that's when I did it. That's that's the bottom line. The very in the middle of the first untimed practice. That is when I sent the text message. Why do you feel necessary to steal everything I have? Look, I don't even care. The point of the my whole point was. Um. We all three of us argued about when we called it. We all three called it in our pre-race X-Brand Goggles pulp cast. All three of us called it there. Um, and so the point is, there was no doubt uh, why Gant RV was looking 
really good, and, and he won the race. Yeah, it's one of these weird deals. When I wrote the uh, the practice report for the site, what I usually do, and this give you an example of what we saw, I usually put the subheader is the two fastest riders. You know, so in this case, it'd be you know the guys with the fastest times. In this case, it was Stewart and uh, I think Wilson, right? Um, so normally, I just put that. But even though Villapoto didn't have the fastest lap time in that final practice, uh, he still seemed like the best rider. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So I had to actually amend it, what I normally do, and it said, Stuart and Wilson fastest, but Villapoto looks strong or something like that, because it was weird. Like, if you looked at sheer numbers, you'd be right. like, Stuart's on. Stuart has the fastest lap, but that's not the way it actually looked. Yeah, yeah. And, and JT, it's really just like, like we talked about. The dirt just allows him to grab a handful of throttle, and that is how he rides, and that's what Ryan Villapoto likes to do. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, he alluded to um, some bike changes, which, you know, who knows, that could have played a part in it too. But he definitely, from the get-go, looks more comfortable than he has uh, yeah, than any time I've seen him all year. Right. Um, before we get onto the Red Cross stuff and talking about that, let's get to the track. Um, Ralph and Emig and RC are probably very happy that we have these track issues to talk about because we don't really bring up the, their, their TV shows. Because my Twitter exploded with CBS people. Very CBS people who watch CBS are very upset. No one likes a CBS feed, and I don't even know how we can keep quantifying and keep telling everybody that it's the same people that produce the speed shows, and they dumb them down on purpose, right? Why can't like I'm getting tired of this? I, I don't even yeah, know what to say I, to these people. I can't even explain it anymore. I mean, I can't, it, right. the, the races are not done by speed or done by CBS. It's done by the producers. It's just how it works. Yes, those producers not working for either network do change the show uh, based on the audience, I guess, knowledge of the sport. And I think there are sponsored elements that are that yeah. have to be in there. Yeah. Different networks, different sponsor elements. I think the CBS shows cost more to do, so they got to pay for that bill one way or another. But in general, they are doing what they're doing on purpose, which probably makes you wince even more. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know if that's a better excuse or not. But they do know what they are doing. They are aware of what they're doing. They are doing it on purpose, for better or worse. And why well, again? Uh, maybe, and I don't know if you know this, and I think we, I think you do. I think we've talked about this. The CBS shows outdraw the speed shows by ratings, by number of viewers, just because it's CBS. Yeah, I know. In this day and age, you would think who doesn't have cable? But right. it really does work that way. Although I do, I, I will say, I actually don't know. The live speed things only started happening. Three is the third year, I think, of live Maybe, speed uh, shows. Maybe, yeah, something like that. I don't know how a live speed show compares to a taped CBS show. I know when it used to be the same. They both did the same thing. They were both on on Sundays the next day. Mm-hmm. CBS would be like triple the ratings. I don't know how they compare to a live right, show, but right. that's apples to oranges anyway. Um, all right, so let's just move on to the track. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. The dirt, was, the dirt enabled some great racing because guys could cut down on the inside, JT. They could rail the outside. You could stop when you needed to do it and set up a turn. And I, all i got to say is these dudes are lucky that dirt was so good because, again, this track was terrible. Uh, it was definitely very, very cookie-cutter. That was the first thing I kind of said when I walked the track was, you know, wow, it's, um, yeah, three-footer, five-footer, three-footer, tabletop turn, triple turn. You know what I mean? There was nothing unique two triples, at all about Two triples, track. which we don't need. Right. Yeah. Right. And – um, to be honest with you, it was a, almost a complete replica of St. Louis in 2007. 
Um, there was a few different obstacles here and there, but the, the layout was identical, and most of the rhythm sections were identical. Um, yeah, just not a lot of uh, not a lot of thought, I guess, put into the track. I, I, that sounds terrible, but that's just kind of the feeling and, I had. And the whoops, the one thing that looked to be pretty good, and it could separate some guys, and it could cause some problems. Uh, they they rolled them almost flat for the night show. Like, look, I, lo- I know the ruts are going to develop, and it's going to get one-lined, but I'd rather have that than just rolled flat. Don't you think, JT? Yeah, it just seems like that happens every mm-hmm. week. Um, even if the whoops are difficult in practice, they when they fix them after practice, they you know they basically just roll them back in. They don't even they don't even rebuild them to the level that they were in practice. Then you just get this. So why know, why don't they? super easy? Sh- why? I, I don't know. It's always been like that as far back as I can remember. Since they started rebuilding them, which they they used to not always do that. Sometimes they would just leave them. Yeah. Um, but since they've gone to this rebuild every time, they're just – and I don't know if it's a time issue where they just don't have enough time to rebuild the whole set, uh, which I, I think you would have to do to get them built back to that, to that height. You kind of have to rebuild the whole – you know, just start over. Um, I just don't know if they have that amount of time or the effort or manpower to do that, so they just basically kind of backdrag them back to the best they can, and they're always much, much easier. It's terrible. It's terrible, right? It definitely, now. yeah. It, it definitely. Um, I think everyone expects it. We all, everyone knows it's coming, but it's it's obviously not ideal. It, it takes a huge aspect of Supercross just out of the equation. Luckily, the dirt was good, though, huh? Dirt was epic. You could see the it. dirt was good, and then I was kind of uh, talking about that earlier today. Is just how much would it cost to to, to just load that <laughs> dirt up and carry it around? The, you know. Oh, like it would just be much better. you could just see the guys. They they would come in on the inside of somebody and turn where they want, and like it was just it made for great racing. Right, and and like the turn after the finish line, people were actually able to go to the inside there and yeah. make that work. Yeah, uh, it wasn't ideal. It wasn't right. faster, but you could make a pass there. And uh, if we were at Phoenix or Anaheim or Dallas, that, that's impossible. You can't do that because you can't turn. Someone explained to me the sand section. Someone explained to me what was going on there. They they tried to make it two lanes in practice. They made it bumpy, some bumps on the inside, some whoops, and the outside, and everyone was going to the outside where it was smooth. But I feel like eventually that inside line would have gotten used and broken in a little better, and perhaps there would be two lines there. But we didn't get even a chance to see that because they just leveled those bumps out for the third practice, which affected the qualifying times once again. I've said it eight million times. I, how you can just forget about the racing aspect, change the track so drastically that only one practice matters is beyond me. Um, do you think we? I mean, that was a bad decision, JT, in the sand. It was. It was that sand section was terrible after they did it. Wasn't a huge fan. Uh, actually, was kind of sitting in the press box, uh, had my face in my palm, just kind of in disbelief that they just. Gave up on building two lines. Pretty much just gave up altogether. Yeah, they're just like, ah, F it. No one's using it. Yeah, well, that, that didn't work. Let's just build one line. They were yeah. right. No one was using it because they, the object in practice is to get a fast lap time. But in a race, I feel like that it may have been used when you had a pack of 20 guys. Well, my, my opinion on it was, yes, the line did not come in yet. And, yes, you're correct that everyone's going to the absolute fastest line for their lap time. But as a, the conversation I had with um, John Gallagher during the morning is if they would leave that 
inside all day. Eventually, it's going to get uh, a line worked into it that's usable. It's going to take a while. You can't just give up on it after one round of practices. If you would leave it, the outside that everybody's using is going to get rougher, so it's going to slow down a bit, and that inside is going to start coming around. As people ride it more and more, those bumps are going to get knocked down. There's going to get a, a packed line built into it, and then it's going to be usable. It may not be as fast, but if you have a rider that is better than the other, he may be able to make that work. And also, it would set you up for the inside going over the finish line. And then you, as long as you're next to them, you could make the pass you know, stick going over the finish line. So it was just frustrating because it, it took any chance of passing there away at all. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, that's kind of the opposite of what we need. What would NASCAR do if, if after one round of qualifying, the guys came in and said, hey, boys, we, we added some dirt or a little bump out of turn four for you. Um, so all your testing and all your qualifying times you've just done are irrelevant. Or, or, hey, guys, we shortened up the track a little bit for the last practice. Like, how is this even acceptable by anyone? How, well, I, is, I, think the, I think they're fighting two different things where they're getting, you know, they're going to get that argument where, hey, you're ruining the qualifying part of the show, but then also, hey, you're making your tracks crappy for the racing part of the show. Unfortunately, this one happens to go both things the same direction. They both messed up the qualifying and messed up the passing element of the racing later on. Um, but I would think most of the time they would argue, okay, we know maybe it doesn't make the two qualifying sessions consistent, but that's the price we're willing to pay to open up more lines for the race later tonight. Although in this case it didn't either. But I think that's why they would do it normally. Yeah, well, it, 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 if you're going to make a change in the track, do it after the first practice. There is no timing, yep. or do it for the night show. You know, and 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 do it. Do I mean? Because none of this is in a danger issue, so you could do it for the night show. Like I don't think that's a good solution. You're if you, right. If you changed yep. it for the night show and the guys came around, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about adding in a third jump somewhere that would surprise the shit out of the dudes. Just the subtle changes that they do. Do it in two spots and two spots only. That's it. Because otherwise, you're just messing with everything. And and what if some dude had a good second practice and he crashed in the third one, and his, or his bike broke, his mechanic forgot to tighten something, which I've you know been there, and his third practice was ruined, and that's it, he's effed. Even though he was really fast in the, in the second one, you know, I don't get it. I don't I don't know why this isn't a bigger stink. I would be losing my brains if I was a team manager or a rider. I'd be saying, what in the f are you guys doing? And yet every Ah, not every week. Four to five times a year, they just trot out the dozers and make a change to the track that makes your second practice irrelevant. I don't get it, JT. It's obviously an issue. Um, and, yes, I think that uh, I watched, you know, who I did notice that almost got bit by this was P.J. Larson. Um, his first practice was decent, but then with the much, much, much faster track with the sand, um, he, all, he got 38th. He qualified 38th because his bike broke in the second practice and he was unable to ride. So it almost did him. Um, but that, that's the first time I've seen it where it almost came up. But it, you can see this pattern where it's going to happen eventually. Somebody's going to get screwed in this, you know, oh, from doing that. Well, it has happened. Two years ago in San Diego, they, they, they got rid of a corner, a complete corner that crossed, this, crossed the finish line uh, or right. crossed the starting line. And there was a privateer dude who got – who was in 37th after the times, and then he ate shit and didn't register a time in the third practice and didn't make the night show. I tried to track him down, too, the next week. It didn't really work out, but uh, no one cares about those guys anyways. No, I'm just kidding. But 
uh, it did affect the guy. I know for sure. This guy would be like he was 37th or 36th, and then he was out because he didn't make the last practice. You know, right. uh, it's it's frustrating. I, I don't I don't get it. Which, I don't. That could happen. Yeah, that could happen either way. He could have just not been not as fast in the second one, and that could still happen. But when you're talking about a guy that like got tenth in the main event, like PJ Larson did, and he almost right. didn't even make the night show because of it, that's a little bit different. You're saying eleven ten had a little bit of an issue getting to, getting to the live. <laughs> you're saying that I'm not. Uh. Anyways, all right. Enough about that, I guess. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. This is this has reached a travesty proportions, or maybe just with me. I don't know. No, I think that Larson thing. You have <laughs> awesome evidence. Awesome evidence. Of how, um, of how this would work, and I might say if we were just under the iron-fisted regime of Steve Whitelock, like we used to be, when they switched to timed practice for gate picks and stuff, he was adamant that we stop calling it practice. It's not practice; it's qualifying. Call it qualifying. So I, I feel like they're like fifty-fifty. Like it's somewhat treated as a practice and somewhat treated as a as a qualifying, but in reality. If it's qualifying, it has to be treated as a race, and, and that's what you're saying. They're not really doing that. They're just kind of yes. like, oh, let's change this, let's try this, let's practice, let's yeah. see how it works. You can't do that. No. If it's going to be considered a race, um, now we all know, okay, gate pick, heat race, all that stuff. Does it necessarily make a world of difference? Maybe not necessarily, but the point is that this is supposed to be the most elite level racing there is. You know, one position, you know, third or fourth overall in time qualifying could potentially you have to do everything you can to give everyone an equal playing field yeah. when you're battling for that. And I, and it's awesome that they they are flexible and they change the track here and there. That That's cool. They don't just cross their arms and tell everybody to F off. Whitelock would have. But um, <laughs> it's cool that they do that, but they seem to do it in uh, the wrong manner, i.e. the sand, or in the wrong order, i.e. in between the second and third practices. Like, I don't get it, man. I just shake my head. I'm just like, how are how is more, not more people screaming their heads off about this? And it just goes, oh, okay, all right, cool. I don't know. I guess whatever. I'm not the one racing. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> well, I honestly think that it hasn't. Yeah, I honestly think that it hasn't affected anyone that has a voice yet. That's where it comes. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, really, right? If this bit somebody that really, you know, say, pick a guy, Jake Weimer had, a, you know, an incident where he didn't make it, then you'd hear about it. Yeah. Until then, probably won't. Uh, all right. Well, again, um, let's let's talk about this red flag, yellow flag controversy. First of all, I guess uh, um, get well wishes to Kyle Chisholm. It looks like he's going to be out for a while. Um, Matt Gerke tried to avoid Jake Weimer um, and then took out Chisholm in the air. Either one would have been bad, either landing on Weimer or taking out Chisholm. Uh, Matt may, had the make a wrong choice either way so that caused a single file restart we saw two red flags on saturday night I, I, the red flag thing i mean i don't think i saw one for for 10 15 years and i've seen 10 in the last three years they're, they're very they're very uh very red flag happy but uh anyways um i guess let's first talk about that jt uh or wygant um RV was docked three spots for before the the restart for jumping, doubling a triple and getting by Michael Lessey. Was that fair? The problem is um, with the second thing, which we'll get to, I guess, next. Um, the AMA FIM and the rule book, by the way, it's not an AMA rule or an FIM rule. There is a rule book specifically for this 
AMA, Supercross, and FIM World Championship. Like, you know, it's a joint rule book together with the two sanctioning bodies of the series. So I've heard people say, well, what's the FIM rule? What's the AMA rule? The rules are the same. There's one rule book for the series that they both um, have established. Um, the second thing, which we'll get to in a minute, the rules are pretty clear about how that works. The problem is for this red flag restart, staggered start thing, there isn't anything in there. I don't think they ever thought of, well, wait, what would happen if we had a combination of a red flag, staggered restart, and while that red flag comes out, someone violates a rule as that's happening? Right. I don't think we've ever had those two. Th- we hardly, as you said, we've hardly ever had staggered restarts. So they haven't ever had this situation before where a dude got penalized and we had a staggered restart. So there is nothing in the rule book either way to say how that should have been handled. So that's the sketchy part. Um, right, right. Now, I personally think... But wait, before you, wait, before you get to that, does anyone on this call think they would have penalized RV three spots for that move had there not been a restart? You mean after the race? Yes. Well, no chance. that's what I'm getting to. That's what I'm getting to. No I chance. You can say, you can say, hey, they should have penalized them after the race, and I understand <laughs> that you might think that, but have they ever, in the history of Supercross, have they ever pulled a win from somebody ever? Um, they almost and, pulled Emig's win in St. Louis back in the day for fuel, but it was quickly reinstated. Yeah, and even, I know people are probably saying, "Well, Carmichael got penalized for fuel. They took away points, but they were not. They did not take away the win. So they have never taken. They took his twenty-five points away for the win he got, but the win was still standing in the books and whatnot. No, Carmichael got his points back by complaining to the FIM. He did get his points back, but yeah. even when he got penalized right, before right. that, they didn't take the race right. win. Away. And same with Reed at Salt Lake City. Right. They never took the race wins away. So my point is that you're basically saying, matter of fact, like, why don't they just rip the win away from him after the race? Well, they've yeah. never done that before ever in 40 years. So that's a lot to ask. Uh, I'm not saying just because they haven't done it before is a reason to never do it. But you've got to be careful to make it sound like that's such an easy decision to make. Why, don't, why didn't they just do that? Why don't, you, why don't you just do something that's never happened before ever? Well, yeah. That's, Especially that's wh- when you have a – you know, instead of not penalizing him at all, they did have an alternative of, well, we're going to give him a penalty, but at least we don't have to get into this weirdo, people see a guy win a race and they rip the win away from him. Um, I kind of see why they did what they did. Since the rule book doesn't address it either way, you're never going to be able to say if they made the right or wrong decision because it's just complete interpretation at that point. It, it, is, it is strange that uh, Villapoto got one spot by getting Alessi, but he got Doc 3 on the restart. Well, that is, and, and I know that even from some, some of the races we run in our office, like GNCC and stuff, the, the basic theory on that is in order to, to prevent anyone from ever having the incentive to cheat, the penalty has to be worse than what they gain. Right. You can't penalize a guy one spot for getting one spot, or there'd be no incentive to not try it. If, JT, if the red flag does not come out, what do they do for Villapoto for the pass on Alessi? Oh, I don't know. It would have been... Uh... Probably no sleep for any officials or <laughs> fells or any. Yeah. I don't know. I think what I said I mean, after, uh, what after after the race, I said like if he won by four seconds, I'd give him a three second penalty. Right. Yeah. That's you know. Tough man. Um. I just, I think that <laughs> there probably still would not be a ruling on it yet. To be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah. That's it, how I really feel. I think there would be it would be in uh, talks all week this week, much like Ricky yeah. Stewart or any of those situations were just dragged on, and then there was finally a decision made. The the. Uh, weeks later or whatever. The funny thing was the people running around the pits, and, and this is just so funny, Wygant, and you, you know, you, you and I were laughing about this on Saturday night. 
There's so many people running around the pit saying, he did it twice. He should be penalized even worse for the second time, you know, the pass on Stewart. It's like, no, it, again, you would be doing something that you'd never, ever done before in Supercross. Um, the second pass, Wygant, uh, from Stewart, I, I mean, I see nothing wrong with that. I see Villapoto, I guess, smartly gaining time under a yellow and a red cross, but not making the pass, just going slower, faster, if that makes any sense. He's going slower, faster than James Stewart, and he you know, got into the yellows and made a pass. I, I agree that there shouldn't have been anything uh, with the AMA on that. I think that it was a little sketchy, sure, but you know what? Albertson did the same thing to Blos in the LCQ. Albertson made up three or four bike lengths by going slower, faster, when a, when, a, when a red cross flag was out. And it's much like JT, you, you know, you being lapped a few times and taking advantage of a blue flag or not, or getting taken advantage of a blue flag. It's a gray area, but there, I, I think I, in the end, I'm fine with what, with what Villapoto did. Why again? What about you? Yeah, here's the problem. And the, the only, I have no dog in this fight. It doesn't really matter to me how it comes out, but the one thing that does get me mad is the crazy conspiracy theory. First of all, you have no dog. Thank God. If I did have a dog, I'd probably put him in a fight, hoping for the worst. Is that wrong? <laughs> That's wrong. That? Yes, it's wrong. Sorry. Okay. Erase, erase that. Um, the, the conspiracy theories of, oh, they won't do it because he's their star, he's a monster guy, whatever, that's completely, utterly ridiculous. Like, that's, there's absolutely no – like, this is a decision made by Crowder and, and, and Gallagher. It's not like there was even – there was a decision that was even made so quickly. What was it, maybe 45 minutes? I had time to get Mark Hall from Monster on the phone. Hey, how do you want? You know what I mean? Like, and second of all, if you look at the way the rule is written, it would be impossible to pull that win away from him because it is there is not clear enough evidence that he absolutely was in the wrong enough to to do something you've never done before, which is take the win away. Now, does that mean the rule is good or it's a smart rule? I don't know about that. I mean, it seems crazy to me that. Well, JT, let me ask you this. This is, this is my theory. This whole thing starts because you can't pass when the red light is on or the red cross flag is out, but you can pull up right next to a dude and just not put your front wheel ahead of him. That's why this is a problem, because people are seeing Villapoto pull up next to Stewart and saying, look, he's passing him with the red light on. He's not passing him. He's getting within two inches of passing him, but not he's, completing the he's pass. Going, not illegal. He's going faster by going slower. He's going right. He's going but I think that's fast. where this whole controversy is because people are saying, look, he's passing him over the triple with the right light, flat red light on. He's not passing him. He's pulling up next to him. But that through that whole triple, Stewart is still, you know, six inches ahead. Yeah, that's – I don't know if you wrote, read what I wrote today. Um, yeah, yeah. But it'll – yeah, and yep. my honest opinion is I've seen this happen so many times, um, like with Blows and Albertson and Bill Porto and James. If you are having to roll the triple, you better do everything you possibly can to go as fast as you possibly can without doing the triple. Otherwise, you're going to get block pass in the next turn. Because the guy behind you, guaranteed he is going to try to use that to his advantage. Whether or not there's a safety issue or not, uh, <laughs> the racers are not thinking about that. It's just how it is. Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, they're trying to figure out how they can maximize time through the section just like it's just like it's an obstacle um just because they have to roll it doesn't mean they're not going to try to roll it roll it faster than the other guy so if if 
James takes his time through the section, which I don't know if he did or not, but obviously Bill Poto made time there. You just have to try to minimize the chance that, you know, somebody can pull up next to you. Like, you have to charge the section with everything you have, the way the rules are written right now. It happens all the time, JT, right? I mean, Absolutely, yeah. it does. Yep. I mean, just maybe not people for the league. Use that, yeah. Right. yeah, people use that to get next, as close as they can, almost next to them when they normally wouldn't be able to, yeah. and then go to the inside in the next turn and block pass. Happens all the time. Yeah, same with the lap. By the thing. way, Barcher yeah. was, was trying to set up the same exact thing on Zillapoto. Yes, he was. He was. He, yeah. he pulled up right next to him. Yeah, uh, and on the inside, he yeah. tried to do the same thing. But, uh, JT, so my question is this. Okay, I'm going to say that I believe that the way the rule is written, Villapoto did not do enough wrong where you could rip the win away from him. But is it possible Is it possible to say when the red light's on, you have to stay single file, you can't pull up next to someone? Is that doable, or is that too crazy to stop during a race? Getting single file is going to be difficult if you're saying, you know, you have to be single file. That, that's tough because people come out of the turn in different angles and different spots and all that gotcha. kind of stuff. Um, but you could maybe say you have to, your front wheel has to be behind their rear wheel maybe. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I don't know what it's like in the heat of battle, but I mean, that's why this whole I'm just thing, saying that that's something you could possibly get away with. There's just no way you're right. going to be able to get them perfectly in line in the heat of battle. There's just no right. way. Yeah, right. But you could make it say your your front wheel cannot be ahead of their rear wheel in any way. You have to respect that they're ahead of you, I guess. Right. That's yeah. That's really the only thing I could see that could feasibly work. And it's still going to be difficult to police that, but at least you'd have a chance and they would understand that in no way are you supposed to be lining yourself up for a pass during that situation. Yeah. If anything, I guess if there is some people upset, they should be upset at the wording of the rule, which does not say anything about that, right, JT? It just says, you know, it doesn't say. Yeah, it should. It's just right, like, right. you know, don't um, pass. It doesn't say. You can't say, when you can't pass, right. but it doesn't mean you can't set yourself up for a pass right after it, you know? Right. Um, I That's th- what I say. You can blast all the conspiracy theories away because the reason Villapoto did not get docked was because the way the rule is written, dumb or not, he didn't do anything against the rules. That's why. I think why you might think the rule is dumb. Right. That's a whole other issue. Why Unfortunately, the rule is what it is right now. I think uh, if you did the single file thing, I wouldn't be surprised if you got a guy trying to break check another dude. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and and be like, hey, look at he passed me. He passed me. Like you don't know if you're you know if a guy's on the brakes or whatever. Uh, and then that guy gets penalized or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you, these guys are they'll think of anything in every angle. You know. So. I don't know. Well, if, you I don't bring know up a great point there because if you think about any other sport at this level, like that's essentially what you do. Like wide receivers practice to try to get both toes down within an inch of the, the line, right? And you know, basketball and football players, I'll even throw hockey in there. It's like that. You try to defend a guy right up to the last inch where it's considered a foul or a penalty, right? Right. So <clears> if anything, that's what Villapoto did. He took it right to the edge of the rule without actually breaking it, which is something you see in most sports. Yeah, all the, they is, go in NASCAR. If the speed limit in the pits is fifty-five, they go fifty-five. Right. So yeah, maybe it's actually we should be golf clapping for Villapoto's <laughs> awesome uh, going fast while going slow move. You know, um, it looked to me like he was purposely making sure his front wheel never passed James through that section. That's what it looked like to yeah. me. And how many dudes um, Villapoto ripped through the pack not once but twice, passing Dungey twice, passing Chad um, twice. Passing Stewart and Barsha once, um, you know, uh, regardless of red flags, cross flags, yellow flags, whatever you want, the right guy won the race. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, he was on it. Yeah, yeah he, he was on it. He, he was really good. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that was kind of what I thought too. Is 
yes, obviously Suzuki, Red Bull, all everybody seven gear, all those people are pissed and whatever. But I, I, and just in my opinion, I honestly feel he was going to make the pass either way. Yeah, it was. Yeah, whatever you want to do, for sure. I agree. Um, and James wrote good, but RV just wrote great. You know, and, and James, to his credit, on the podium said that. You know, he said first of all, Ryan wrote awesome. You know what I mean on on the CBS special, which I thought was cool that he said that. He wasn't happy about getting taken advantage of. But I guarantee you the next time those yellows and crosses and waving and, and all that, James is going to be hauling ass <laughs> um, hey. through that, you know, doing everything he can. I don't even know why the red flags were out. Canari was down, and he was on his bike. And he, he was getting some medical attention, but he was shooing those guys off, trying to grab his bike away. Like, I guess you can't really debate this because it is what it is, but the, I, I, I question why those flags were even out. It was first of all, besides Pike, the last guy to need medical attention is Canari. Like he he's going to get up, unless there you know there's massive skull damage. Bobby will get up. Um, you know they should almost look at him. Ah, oh, it's Canari. Canari, race on, race on. You know, and he was off to the outside too. But I mean, I guess JT, you can't really argue that, right? It, the flags were out, but. I would yeah, say that that's, that was irrelevant. I, I can understand why you, you know. Yeah. I can understand your point, but for this sake of the argument, it doesn't really matter. You know that that situation is going to happen again. It happens oh, quite a bit where the red flags are. Right. You know the red light is on on the triple. So now, um, there I... obviously needs to be some clarification there um, because this situation is. Uh, I'm actually surprised this never happened before, and if right. it actually has happened many times, just not to the lead where it's you know it's been such a big deal. Right. Um, now, afterwards, talking about Canari, uh, he was pretty pissed at Gurky. Did you see any you two, either one of you two see it? He claimed he got cleaned out. By Gurky? No, I did not see that. Yeah, by Matt. He was not, not happy with Matt, his fellow Canadian motocross competitor. Um, no, I did not. Rough, rough night for Gurky, uh, taking out yeah. the chiz. I, I, I think he's... What's that? Yeah, quite a few people unhappy with him right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the race itself, uh. Uh, Chad Reed went back to a spring fork, um, confirmed by a couple of people. And JT, you and I both didn't think he he did. We we thought he I was, was just... under the assumption that he didn't, but yeah. Um, and we... I haven't asked him directly, but I'm going to go with you know people right. that probably know more. And we were laughing because we're like, why is he telling people this? Because he was saying it with a smirk. I'm I'm more confused than ever. I guess uh, you know. Yeah. As you can see from our text message, I just tapped out. I just changed the subject because I, I drew yeah. in the towel. But he went to the Spring Fork apparently for Atlanta and for this weekend. Um, and he did well. But I think Air Fork or Spring Fork, JT, this is the dirt that, you know, this is the, the kind of dirt that you could actually race on. Yeah, it was apparent. He he looked more comfortable as well. Um, in the time, the time of practice, he was in the mix the whole time, which he's been sporadically, but. Um, you know, he just seemed like he was more in it this weekend from the get-go than than he has been recently. So does does and and you know this weekend is Daytona and he loves Daytona. Um, is this maybe a turnaround for him? I hope so. I mean, it's, you know, um, he definitely needed some confidence, and uh, the guy's pretty pretty strong mentally. He's arguably one of the strongest uh, mental you know mental racers I've ever seen because he's. You know, years of being beat down by Ricky and James, and he just always seemed to not care and be right back, right back in there with him. Um, but yeah, I, you know, obviously Daytona is a, a great race for him, and uh, it had to it had to feel good for him to be in the battle the whole race. You know, yeah. Ryan kind of flipped away at the end, but 
I mean, there was at the halfway mark, you know, he was a legitimate, uh, he had a legitimate shot at winning that thing. So, oh, um, by yeah, f- had to, had to help. By far the most exciting race of the year, huh, JT? Yeah, far, I yeah. mean, far and away, not even close. I right. can't even think of another race <laughs> that was even in the same conversation. Why well, again, you agree? Maybe maybe oh. A1. Maybe A1. I'll take it Yeah, back. A1 was pretty good, A1 but this was. one's still better than A1. This was even, because there was just so many guys. Yes, and A1 was pretty, pretty boring until the end. Right. Why can't you agree? Yeah, it was the best race of the year, for sure. Um, the only thing about Chad that if I'd be a little worried, he only had the sixth best, best lap time in the main event. Like, there was five guys in the 49s, and, and he was not one of them. So, that might be a little worrisome if you're Chad. But he's a gamer, too, you know? If he gets himself in position, he's not going to give it up easy. He'll find and adapt a way to get on the pace, as it were. Um, uh, what about Millsap's race, Wygant? Uh, his wor- worst one of the season. He still rode great, though. He still rode good. He was at the end of that lead pack. Uh, anything to worry about, do you think? I mean, you just didn't not get the start. After just one race, but yeah. I think this is the this is the danger overall. Like, I can't believe I heard people saying a week ago, like, "Dude, this is boring." He's got such a big points lead, and I'm like, "But the way this field is, how?" First of all, you know how upset I get when people run the yes. Lapoto wins every week and Millsaps finishes second. Uh, that's not going to happen in any year, and it's definitely not going to happen this year because, as we've seen, these guys are all so fast at the top. All it takes is a mistake or a bad start, and that could be the difference between first and sixth or second and fifth. And, you know, one of those races, Millsaps is bound to not start in the top three. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, like you said, it's not even like he rode horribly or something. It's the wheels are falling off. He just got six because there were five really fast dudes uh, ahead of him, and that could happen any other week. It could go the other way, right? Uh, too. Like if Villapoto starts 12th at Daytona. Villapoto, I would say, maybe is the only guy that can knife through. He's done it twice this year, but for the most part, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 there's a hair off of a different. Look at Barsha's race. One mistake was a difference than maybe getting second and fifth. Yeah, oh, I was just going to say, like, Stewart rode good, and he got second, and he did okay. But if there's a guy who was second fastest, I might go with Barsha, because in the heat race, he kept RV within a couple seconds, and they had a huge lead on third. And in the main event, save for one mistake, Justin might have got second. He might have been the second best guy this weekend, but that one mistake... Uh, going in the tough box is all it takes. Yeah. Well, again, you talked to him after the race. Did he seem pissed? Because he, he def- definitely seemed pissed when he blew off the interview a little bit from me. So, uh, Barsha, the only thing he seemed mad about, he didn't seem mad about uh, the mistake. I think everybody calmed him down and said, hey, that's, that's what the racing is this year. Yeah. You make one mistake, you're going to go back, it's going to happen. No, right. no biggie. But he did tell me, which I could not believe of all riders to say this. He said, <laughs> really fun racing with those guys, except Stewart, which is not fun. I like being aggressive, but I try not to be dirty, but he's dirty. I'm thinking, I don't know if Barsha is allowed to call anybody out. I think there's just, I don't think it's, a, it's legal. He's not allowed to call people out. It just can't be done. I, I agree. I don't think Stewart's. He can get away with yeah. that. What do you think, JT? I don't think Stewart's dirty. No, he, I didn't see anything out of line, and, right. and Barsha definitely probably shouldn't start that argument. <laughs> Exactly. Um, you, know, you know what's dirty, Justin? Going wide open in, in the mechanics area and then cutting off people in front of you. That's that's would be considered uh, dirty. Um, yeah, I, I, man. Honestly, I felt like everybody was really aggressive in that main event. Because the dirt let them be. See that going on? Or, what's that? Because the dirt let them be. The track let them be. You know. 
Yeah, and I think that when you start to see people getting aggressive, that breeds more aggression. Right. Because you don't, you don't want to be that guy that's just kind of the one getting picked on. So you kind of feel like you have to do that move first as well. Right. Um, but, yes, to your point, the dirt has to allow that activity. Um, if you can't square turns up, if you can't go to the inside or make, you know, pivot early and do all that, those things, that's, that's impossible. Right. So. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show brought to you by BTOsports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com to help out PulpMX.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. X podcast show is brought to you by btosports.com whether you are looking for new gear helmets boots or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up bto is your source for all of your motocross needs as a proud sponsor of the bto sports ktm race team and the heart of the bto sports amateur motocross team it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store we support the sport that supports us, us. we at bto sports want to give back to you the listener for supporting us and the racer x podcast show use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials, offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. What else? In, what else caught your eye uh, in the main event? Uh, why again? What? Yeah. What? What do we got to do to get you on the Albertson bandwagon? He's been riding well. He really has been. He really, really has, been. has been. You know how you know he's been riding well because he was like last place in the heat, and he blitzed up to like eleventh. You know, yeah. um, when you and you know when you just end up being able to get to a level. He didn't qualify, of course, but he got pretty close. And, and then the guy's been really good. You watch him out there. He wasn't there. even on the radar the first lap or two of that LCQ. And all of a sudden it's like, what? That's what, yeah. Like, you just yeah. make these things happen. The, yeah. The LCQ. I, it makes me wonder now. You know, we, we've said and he's admitted that last year was just not a good one for him. And he's not even sure why. But didn't he pile drive himself at round two last year? Mm. Wasn't it Phoenix? JT, you're on the team. Do you remember this? Yeah. Howerson had Phoenix. Go ahead. Yeah, Phoenix with Chisholm. Well, it was last year or the year before. I can't even remember. 
I think it was last year. Um, so I wonder, you know, you just you got to get things rolling. Uh, you know, second round of the year last year, he crashes pretty hard. Maybe that just took a little bit of wind out of his sails. I mean, to me, it's just the whole year was bad, and you would think he's on a, a lesser program now, mm-hmm. he's doing it on his own. How could he improve? So he doesn't know why. I know he said, I'm not sure what was wrong last year. But um, maybe last year that crash took some starch out of him. He's definitely a whole I, lot better than he was. I think that, I think that yes, you are correct in your um, Phoenix crash, um, and that he had some shoulder issues there. And I also think the, the big crash with Trey affected him mentally um, just because it's his best friend. And when you, you know, it's tough to kind of get those images out of your head. Um, it just takes the edge off, really. Like, you're less, you know, willing to take chances and kind of push the edge, which you unfortunately have to nowadays. There's just no way to get around it. So I think I think it was a few factors, and those kind of uh, just took him off his game, you know, and, and I think he's riding a little bit more carefree this year. JT, what about – um? What about Tomac? Fast in practice again, but once again in the main, didn't get it done. Um, just growing pains. I mean, he should be. Yeah, he, just, <clears throat> he's fast. Just learning. Right. Yeah, learning and uh, getting bad starts put yourself in bad situations. Um, yeah, and he had to go to the so, LCQ, yeah. so he crashed in the sand, was in qualifying position, easily went went in the sand, right. and that was it. Well, he yeah, he got a bad start in his heat, put him in the back, so he's trying to make passes in spots he normally wouldn't. Uh, crashes there, trying to put it in on a lessee. Um, then goes to the LCQ, uh, everything, no problem there. I think then obviously has a bad gate pick for the main, another bad start, another bad position, you know, another mistake. So, yeah, uh, it kind of snowballs, unfortunately, that's just kind of how it goes. And, uh, he'll learn, he'll get, you know, more mature and, and, uh, learn to pick his spots a little better. But, uh, yeah, just like you said, growing pains. Got two more races, then he's going to get out of the four fifties. So, um, this weekend in Daytona, we should see rocks in this weekend, huh, Wygant? That's what they said in Atlanta. I don't, yeah. I don't see why anything would have changed. Um, but he's on the 350, and, and I talked to Roger about that, and they just kind of figured that they're going to throw him in a race, and they want to just get him in a race, get some experience, you know, keep racing during the break. They just kind of think him, the 350, Daytona, is probably the one that works best for him. Right. And I think what that really means is they don't want to put him on a 450, and a 350 ain't so good at the regular Supercross tracks. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. A little bit faster where, you know, quick grunt out of a corner might not be quite as, as critical. Um, and and so, why again, do you think JGR, obviously with Chisholm being out now for a while, ankle injuries, maybe a knee injury, um, do you think JGR fought, has, yeah, has to get another guy, right? Like another, next next guy up for the bike, right? Yeah, but I don't think they're going to have anyone for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I was obviously over there today because, you know, they had free lunch. Yeah. Um, definitely bummed. Like, I know talking to Corey today, just bummed about, it's just disheartening. You know, that type right. of thing happening just in general. Not not even for the team or results purposes, but you just hate to see that happen to a guy. Especially, you know, everybody likes Chiz. He's a good dude. You know, you know you're, he's getting an opportunity. And it just – so what did he end up doing with JGR? Not making a main and then, like, crashing out in one lap. So, <laughs> good, good point. You're right, yeah. Yeah, it's just a bummer. But I don't believe they'll – they won't have a guy for this weekend, but I'm assuming they're going to have to get someone at some point. Uh, I'm thinking about Ben LeMay, Yamaha guy. He can, he can move around from Rock. He's just on Rock River, you know. He can move around a little bit. Um, you know what gets thrown out a lot um, just by people watching the races and seeing who looks fast and who gets good results? Mm-hmm. A lot of people saying, why don't teams give Weston Pike a shot? And I'm sure he doesn't care. He doesn't care. But um, 
is he being is he being blackballed because he's had some rough run-ins with the team he's ridden for before? Is he being overlooked? Like, what is the deal there? Well, we've talked about that a little bit before. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if he's getting talked. I mean, I believe that there is a there is a stigma with teams and people in the sport that are like, man, I don't really want to deal with that guy because he comes across as a bit of a of a of an issue. And JT, you've talked to him about it before. Um, to try to just hey, like Weston, just play the game a little bit more. I don't think he believes in the game. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he believes in the sport or the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Weston would be. Uh, no, I, I agree. There's definitely some truth to that. Um, I think there. You know, a lot of people are just scared of what comes along with hiring him. You know, and I know Weston really well, and I don't think there's anything to be worried about. But yeah, getting rid of that stigma is. Um, yeah. You know, got to be a huge priority for him. To move forward, really. Do, does Corey know who Weston or Ben LeMay are? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, LeMay wrote for that team. Uh, he did In 08, he did a few race filling at the end of 08, so I would assume he probably knows who Ben LeMay is. He did, that's right. God, we talk about, he, you know, Corey Gibbs wants to see this flow chart of who's in charge of Supercross. Maybe we should ask him about a flow chart of who's ridden for his team. Wow. <laughs> right? Like, he had Gavin Gurisic. Wow. Oh. He had... Sean Borkenhagen. He had Nick Paluzzi. Mm-hmm. He had Michael I mean, Byrne. Um, Nathan Ramsey. Ivan. Ivan. No, Ivan wasn't there. No. That was, that was um, Christian Craig. Josh Hanson. <laughs> oh Sorby, man. Sorby, kind of. Who? Sorby, kind of. Yeah, Sorby here and there. I don't think Sorby Travis Preston. Them. Yeah, Sorby raced for him. Yeah, absolutely. Did he? Yep. Yeah, he did. Yep, he yep. did. Yeah. They've had some guys. They're they're one step away from Moto Concepts. <laughs> Moto Concepts of the early years, anyways. Um, speaking of Moto Concepts, yes, exactly. at one point in the main event, the two winningest amateur racers in history were one two. Alessi Stewart, and why? Got you? You saw? I got really excited. I was well, th- I was thinking this was it. This was it. <laughs> we we have glossed this over. We were talking about the dirt. The dirt was good. The best race of the year. But we only figured this out a couple laps into the 450 main because we were bashing on the track, as we've done every week during practice. And then we calculated before the 450 main that there had only been one pass for the lead in any of the heats or the LCQs. Yeah. I think that was Wilson passed Lance Vincent, Lance Vincent yeah. in the heat race. And we're like, so this is what we get on these tracks. There has not been a, there's been one pass for the lead. So up until that moment, we thought it was going to be another follow the leader thing. So I know when Alessi got the whole shot, you got very excited. Well, yeah, yeah, because I'm like, there's no one can pass him. No one. <laughs> yes. That's what I was thinking. Because, the you pass know. The Stewart made, there was a, Stewart was able to make the pass because Alessi did something that the track could not prevent, which is essentially <laughs> letting off the gas <laughs> and letting Stewart go by you down a straightaway. It did seem odd, didn't it? It did seem odd. Um. And no one saw this. I don't think they had it on TV. No, they didn't show no. the first three laps. Yeah, they didn't. No, they go over that wall jump, and I was very curious. So they were basically side by side. I'm like, all right, we're going to have a drag race between MCR 450 and Factory Yoshimura Suzuki RMZ 450. What? Unless he just got out of the gas. Well, he rode there this week at James's house. And he's I was staying. thinking about that too. And he told me it was very cool. It was very nice of James. He's very excited. He loved the outdoor track. Loved the track. You know, couldn't thank James enough. Yep. And I guess he that I guess he he th- tried to thank him again in the, in the main event, but um, you know we have this running joke among us 
I think JT, you're in on this. Wygant is, and I, I can't remember who the other person is. Maybe it's you, JT. I, I apologize. But can Mike Alessi win a main event? Like, what has to happen for Mike to win a main event? And I'm in the belief that he can. And, and you know, he needs a few dozen things to go his way. But, so, we argue about this, and I, one of you is like, no, it would take a bomb. It would take a F-14 bombing out the 19 other riders for Mike to win a race. Uh, but I thought maybe, perhaps this weekend in St. Louis, we would finally see the 800. Just because no, wait, you really thought that Alessi, hole shotting, he was going to win the race with that crew behind him. That's what you thought. <laughs> I, I didn't. I, re- I mean, I didn't, but I was playing it up. I was thinking that there's no passing for the lead. The 800 is in the lead. Here we go. The whoops are small. The whoops are small. You know. Uh, yeah, I don't think he can win. I, I can't imagine a circumstance that could allow him to win, I think, unfortunately. He's good he at least. way back, and I think there's dudes. Like, there's dudes that are, like, not even quite top ten guys. That if the ten fastest dudes went down on the first turn and all their bikes broke, that I would think, like, I don't know who next in line is. Like, who, who got 11th? Tickle? Tick, can, I, think Tickle, I think Tickle will be behind Alessi thinking, I can get this guy. I okay. can win this race. Can, can Alessi beat Tickle? I think it's just a lack of intimidation factor. Can Alessi like, I think beat, anytime you'd be behind Alessi for the lead, you'd be thinking. Can Alessi beat Albertson? Gurky? Partridge? Canari? Pike? Nicoletti? Chisholm? He can, he just did, not he? all of them. Not all those guys. He can beat all those guys if they were all breathing down his neck. Oh, he can beat all of them? Yes. Yes. Tickle and Gerke? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think he can. I think he can. It depends on the track. My <laughs> guy can't even give him that. Just, I don't know. No, no. I mean, I, I can't say it's definitive. Like, I guess he could. But I don't say, like, if he's got those behind him, it's over. He's got sprint speed. Oh, really? Does he? Really, I don't feel that Michael Lessie is in a mental place right now to try to win a main event. I don't. Like if everybody goes he's down. He's trying to get a good result because he moves over. He's not trying to win do you the remember, race. Do you remember when Villapoto got mud in his muffler and DNF'd? Yes, what Atlanta. If, what if everyone got mud in their mufflers? 19 guys? That's not no, a good argument. No, 10 guys. And we'll leave well, the point. For the record, this is out, not a good argument. Don't name guys that could potentially beat him. Nah, I think he's got all those guys covered that I that I named. Definitively. No, not definitively. Hey, I'll be no, no, with you. not definitively. I'll be honest with you. 2000, uh, was it 2000? Yes, it was 2011 at Indianapolis. I thought there was a chance that Mike Lessie was going to win the race. I really did. On a Suzuki. Yes. Yes, yes. When he went, not, he went for... Tony didn't... It was the race that James Stewart didn't ride. He Tony wasn't there. Couldn't race. Tony wasn't there. Well, I, I don't know. I think you're thinking of a different year. Oh. Uh, yes, yeah, this was on Motor Concepts, oh. I believe. Yes, it was. Uh, so maybe it was last year? Whatever whatever year he led. Maybe it was last year he led for 10 laps or so. What? He led for uh, 10 laps of a main event? Yes. I don't remember. Yes. This Anybody is, else remember this? James this, Stewart, crash, couldn't race. Concussion. That would have been last year. This further. Okay, this was last year. This further makes my point. Hold on, I'm looking. I'm looking. Well, Whatever it was, either last year or the year before. 
last year's race, Stewart didn't race. I'd say that, unfortunately, if you're looking for the circumstance, last year was it, because you immediately eliminated, like, six really fast dudes with injury. So I don't see the circumstances getting any, getting any better than that. He had some kind of clutch issue, he says. He led for a long time and then had some kind of clutch issue. Okay, he led he led five laps in Indianapolis last year. Then Brayton then Brayton led four. No, Brayton led way more than four. Hold on. Yeah, then Brayton led ten. And Villapoto led the last four. Yeah. Okay. Well, regardless, yeah. I felt the pace he was riding the first five laps, I felt he he could probably win. Just because it was Brayton behind him, then R B was pretty far back. All right. I don't there know we what go. position he was okay. in. But that was that was the only chance I've ever seen where I'm like, huh, you might win this thing. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. What would Villapoto have he been almost, willing to do? He almost won St. Louis. Oh, okay. What would Villapoto have been willing to do if he were in second and unless he was leading the last <laughs> lap going for his first? <laughs> like, like, you think passing yellow-red flag situation was crazy? <laughs> right, right, right. Hell try, pass, no fury. Try doing like a, a Villapoto pass on the last lap. Try doing a Wyndham transfer. From one lane to the next <laughs> to, to, to stop the 800 and hoping that no one sees it. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. We got to move on. We got shit to do. Uh, 250 class. Um, why again? Will Hahn, another win and a nice win and one that will give him confidence. And Wilson, this is the worst thing that could have happened for Dean Wilson. Because now Wilbur thinks he can he can really win. So it will give Will confidence. It will not give Wilson confidence. Will. Will. Yeah. It will. It, it, um, <laughs> you know, I thought it was all right for Wilson for a while because, dude, he made up time. Like, he did, but, crazy. but in he the end. He was making up a half second a lap, and you just thought, man, if he catches Will from this far behind this quickly, this will be the stamp. The stamp it, if you will. Yeah. Um, but he didn't. Well, what I think happened was, you know, you're never going to get a rider straight up saying I was gassed or no. tired. You know what I mean? You know, he told, he said he was. He told me he was. He, yeah. He did. In, in the, as far as a rider could go to admit it, I think he sprinted so hard. Right. That by the time he got to him and he couldn't pull off that pass immediately, he was spent. Um, so, yeah, you, it's not just it's not just that, say, Wilbur got lucky. Like, he, he had to duel them. He fought with them. He fought them off. But – Anyone. But JT, you're you're the racer here. None of that matters if you're Will Hahn. You don't think, oh, he had to come from the back and he may have got a little tired, which is all true. Um, and he rode great to catch me. That's all true. But if you're Wilbur, all you think of is he was right on me. He tried to make it pa- tried to make a pass. I got him back and I pulled away a little bit. That's all you think of. Yeah, and he'll watch the race a million times this week um, and try to learn from it on TV, and he'll he'll see that. He'll, he'll understand that, you know, Dean caught him and then, um, you know, but I don't think that really matters when it comes down to it because Will kind of made a stand. You know, I, I was yeah. really impressed, honestly, uh, the way he fought back and then didn't, you know, he didn't crack at all. Um, you yeah. know, actually, I think rode better once right. Dean kind of made that move. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll be in the back of his mind. He'll know that Dean was really fast. He, you know, racers will look at lap, we'll look at the lap times and, watch the tape, and he'll know that Dean was closing on him. It's not, you know, that doesn't take much to figure out. Yeah, but... But the, I mean, the confidence, 
that he gained um, being able to fight back and not, you know, not crack and, and basically re-pick the pace up, that's more important than anything. Right. So, is, well, Hans ahead in the points, JT. Yeah. Is Wilson still your favorite, though? Wilson still going to win this? Uh, I still give Wilson the, the favorite to okay. win the title, absolutely. Yeah. Um, just because I think Dean's faster at this point. Uh, but if, if Dean doesn't, Fix some of the crack, you know, the cracks in his game, the bad starts and little things like that. Um, he's he's leaving the door open for Will. You know, I feel that if if Dean would have got the start this weekend, he would have won fairly easily. Yeah. Just looking at the lap times. Mm-hmm. But you keep you keep allowing someone to yeah. take advantage of your your mistakes. Um, you know, that breeds confidence, and then you come around to the last race or two of the series, and you know, you're it's make or break time, and and you know that's not a situation that you have to be in. So it's, it um, reminds me a bit of the Canard Canard rookie year against Villapoto. Like we knew right. Villapoto was faster. He just couldn't yep. get it done and fell in the mud. Right. And, and by the it's end, like a football game. Yeah. It's like a football game, the better team, you keep fumbling the ball and throwing interceptions and let them hang around and hang around. Yeah. 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 You, know, you can just, you can lose the game and be a much better team. That's what the Raiders experience every year. Oh yeah. Well, not really. No, they're I'm the not. they're the poor yeah. team that's getting yeah. you know that needs fumbles and interceptions. Um, what do you think, Wygant? Well, Wilson's still the still the guy, but are you with me in thinking that? Uh oh, Wilson's got some issues. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of races left. There's only three races, but there's six to go. Um, so right now, I don't think there's any huge issue. But it is true, like you know, as they say, like if you get into game seven, that's just like a yeah. Anything can happen, you know. One bad start, one crash, one fall. Like at that point, then it just becomes fifty-fifty odds. I still think Wilson's a little faster, but you know when people say, you know, why do these riders hide injury? And I know it's because of the you don't want the competitors to have any kind of an edge. And I think this is the same type of thing. Like when Wilson caught him with four or five laps to go, you've got to figure what's running through Han's mind is, uh oh, I had a big lead, he caught me, and now I got to hold off a dude who's going a half a second lap faster for five laps. But he did it. So you got to figure the next time that happens, instead of him being like, uh-oh, he's going to be like, all right, well, I've been in this situation before, and I've actually come right. out on top, so I'm good. That's the danger zone. Um, but with six races to go, there's still an opportunity with Wilson being so fast. I think he can still just win a bunch anyway. I, I think it's de- definitely still possible he's got this. But, man, if they come down to the wire, well, isn't Han playing more with house money than Wilson? It's almost a must-win title for Pro Circuit and Wilson, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's just it. That's what I'm saying, like, like Dino coming through the pack and just running out of time to catch Will, then that's a different victory than catching Will, briefly making the pass and having Will pull back out. Like this was the worst possible thing for Dean Wilson. Like if, if it went the other way and he just ran out of time, then he just goes, ah, I ran out of time. I was fast though. But oh no, like it, it's going to give Will some confidence. So should be interesting. Uh, Moose Can's just throwing this thing away, JT. Like, I don't know, just starts, yeah, small I mean, crashes. He's honestly just been outridden so far. Right. To be honest with you. I, I mean, I don't think really think he's throwing it away. It's just he hasn't been the best guy. Yeah, so. I guess, yeah, he's not throwing it away because it was never his in the first place. Right. But um, right. It's, it, he's, not, he's not on the level right now of, of those No, guys. he's definitely under underperforming, if you ask me. Uh, he's, he's much better than we've seen. In my opinion, he's much better than what we've seen. Why again? We talked about Han, Wilson, Wharton, and Muscan being the the podium guys each and every week. Um, maybe I think there's a guy. I think Jeremy Martin 
if we're looking at someone who can get in there, Jeremy Martin's shown some real speed the last two weeks. Yeah, I think he has the speed that's on the equal. Uh, Maybe Han and Wilson right now, since they've kind of... A tad better. If they're the title guys, they might have a little something extra. But if the other two are are Wharton and uh, Muscan, I think he's shown that he has the speed to mix it up with them. And if the circumstances are right, he could end up um, on the podium for sure. Um, He's looked... And it's the thing I think we keep saying about him. It's not just the lap times or that he got fifth or whatnot. You know, you just watch him and he looks smooth while he's doing it, which is not always what you get out of rookie guys. Hey, he came from outside the uh, top ten. To but that. he doesn't look sketchy either. No, no, he doesn't. Yeah, that's, um, that's I'm impressed with. Uh, Tom, Cole Thompson had a good race too, came from outside. Uh, he was a guy who got uh, a free asterisk medical ride at the end of the whoops. So I think he rode pretty well. He came from like 14th or 16th to, uh, to 8th. So good ride for him. That's his career best too, by the way, 8th place. Dakotas? Yeah. I didn't notice Dakotas too much, but he got seventh. Yep. He was just I wrote a thing about the whole that. time. Solid, but yeah. 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 I, I wrote a thing about that on uh, that we just put up on the website just about now on two fifty words about how you know we said the door is open for someone to make a name for themselves. And mm-hmm. it really is about just it's not really about consistency, it's about having one shiny night where you maybe get fourth or fifth or even get on the podium and those are the guys that have a shot at it. <clears throat> you know, maybe Dakotas, maybe Thompson Maybe Kyle Peters, who's already got a fourth. You know, if the circumstances work out, which guy is maybe best positioned to take advantage of what we know is there, which is a wide-open door to open some eyes because of a lack of depth. So Yeah, Kyle Peters, not making the main. Um, a devastating blow. Jeremy, I still don't know how Jeremy Martin didn't make the main the first week. That's weird. Same way, same way Kyle Peters didn't make it this week. Yeah, but as fast as Martin's been, you know. Um, Kyle Peters got fourth. I know. No, I, I'm, oh, I'm on the Jeremy Martin bandwagon. I'm on the Jeremy Martin bandwagon. I'm I'm on it, guys. Why? I'm open. playing devil's advocate with you, but that's <laughs> you know, you crash in the first turn and make right. mistakes. It's really easy to not make main events. Um, Peter Larson, tenth, like we talked about, debut ride. Gavin Faith uh, went backwards, and I t- spoke to him um, today about what happened because it was a little weird. And he said he said um, I got tight. Which uh, is rider? That's just a blanket. That's a blanket. Rider speak. Statement. Right. Rider speak for. I got tired. I think. I don't know. I don't know what it's rider speak. If for. anything goes wrong, yeah. There you go. I got pumped tight. up. I got tight. Got tired. Got tight. Bike broke. Got tight. Anything. Um, and what about Mitchell Oldenburg? He's doing it again. Another main event. Thirteenth in points. I know nothing about this dude. I guess he's from Minnesota. Used to be from Minnesota. Why can't Oldenburg? Yeah, I didn't. That's yeah. a lot of Minnesota guys. I didn't know he was also. Yeah, he used to be from Minnesota, and then his family owns Oak Hill or owns Swan or owns Rio Bravo or some Texas track. Some big, <laughs> maybe the Alamo, Osier Valley. <laughs> yeah, Rio Bravo. I some some Texas track. Oh, um, there's a lot of Minnesota guys that have come in here. Uh, J Dub. Wentland, J- J- Jesse Wentland, Minnesota guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Williams, Minnesota guy. Martin, Minnesota guy. Are we four Minnesota rookies in one year, really? Wow. District 23, baby. Brandon Dungy. Yeah. Uh, Heath Voss. What happened to Heath Voss? Just dropped off the map. He's a helicopter pilot. Really? Yeah. He is, yes. I don't know. Like, he has a job. Like, that's his job. Uh, the last I heard, he was... Learning to be a helicopter pilot, and he was gaining. I don't know how he was going to apply that knowledge, um, but like many things, he's boss. 
you're not you're not supposed to question his, his <laughs> methods. You'll be scared to know the answer. I can say in my list of motocrossers that I want taking me up in a helicopter. Heath Voss is near the bottom. No offense. Good guy. Good guy. I would I would have to agree. Right. Good guy. Nice guy. Great guy. Yeah. Just I'm not getting in a helicopter with him. I'm not getting no. in. I'm not getting in with um um Zach Bell. I'm probably not getting in with Zach Bell. I'm probably not getting in with Stuart Stewart. You know? I'm gonna get in with a, I'm gonna get in a helicopter with a uh, a Ryan Dungey. He may not want me in the helicopter, but I'll get it. I'll I'll get in with him. You know. I think if you get in with him, he pushes you out in this flight. Yeah, maybe maybe so. That could be. Um. All right. Is that it? Do we have anything else? I, I guess we're. I can't believe we could cover all this. It seemed like there'd be so much. I thought this might go four hours. I don't know. I got to pop a next show to get did ready anybody, for. Did it. Anybody- I have a I have a point. Did anybody see the incident where um, Millsaps hurt his arm? I saw it. I just wanted to see if you guys. I, saw I did it. not see it uh, with no, Trey Kennard. He did say Trey Kennard apologized to him afterwards. Um, I did not see it. Uh, yeah, it wasn't really Trey's fault. Um, basically, what happened? They went down that same straightaway uh, where uh, Chisholm and Gerke crashed together, mm-hmm. um, and they trip. Um, Dungey and Kennard tripled side by side. Uh, Kennard was on the right. So Kennard was basically trying to force it up the inside going into that turn. Mm-hmm. Well, Dungey leaned on him, which you see guys kind of do, like lean to the inside to kind of uh, discourage that move or basically <laughs> right. chop him off. Right. Well, Kennard, you know, Trey just stayed in it and landed on the side of Dungey, and it basically whiskey throttled him. Stri- like, like he accelerated when they landed and went straight into Millsaps. I mean, after the not triple, any then, brakes though? at all. Like after like, the triple? gas. After the double, there was double double into the turn. Oh, okay. after the triple, yeah, double double. So right there. Yeah. yeah. When he landed on the second double, he landed on the side of Dungey and it whiskey <clears> throttled him right. into Millsaps. I mean, wide open. <laughs> I'm telling you, if Millsaps wasn't such a big guy and such a you know strong center of gravity, yeah, they would have both catapulted off that berm. I couldn't like I jumped out of my chair. I did not even like, see that. No. Yeah, for what happened, it was like the most anticlimactic <laughs> thing I've ever seen because all that happened was Trey just like stopped and fell over, and Davey like kind of blew him off the side of his bike, and he kept going. I would love to see if they, if like Honda has it on video or KTM has it on video because it was unreal. Like I thought it was, you know, somebody was about to jump into a uh, into right. a tundra or something. Thank God he's a, like but, a grizzly bear on a tricycle, as Ping calls him. Yeah, no, no, really. Like, if it would have been me or somebody, a small guy, it would have been really, really bad. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm interested to see how Millsap's arm is and how he rebounds because he actually rode really well, I thought. He caught up to that pack. But when you look at it points-wise, it, you know, it's pretty rough. Um, I think, you know, that's mm-hmm. a little bit misleading when you look at sixth place. If you look at his times and how he rode, he rode great. But can't uh, can give away many, you know, many 10-point um, nights or whatever it was to build photo at this point. Kennard hasn't been good lately, but he's still fourth in the points. <clears throat> Only one ahead of Chad now, though. But he hasn't gotten a podium for a long time, since Anaheim 2. And I know he's frustrated, but he's still fourth in the points. Right? It's not bad. Wow, well, he just, just hasn't been on that the guy that you think he might win the race going into the main event, you know, where he was the first few weeks. So I, yeah. I don't know what to attribute that to. Right. Um, 
Yeah, hard. I'm sure he's probably wondering the same thing. We keep bringing that up every week that he probably doesn't know what's going on either. But yeah. and yeah, why well, again with Weimer? Like he's just lost that edge because of his injury slash. Uh, in, you know, he had a, he had a flu or, or pneumonia. Um, ammonia, pneumonia. Sorry, ammonia. Ammonia. He had ammonia and pneumonia. Wow. Um, Ah, uh, and then he. Well, last th- week I didn't think it was too bad in his first race back, and he definitely wasn't. I mean, he's yeah, he'd cracked ribs, so it's not like he's 100 percent healed in like you three just, weeks. It's so hard, JT, right, to get back to that edge that you were that you were on. Like, he's just, it's gonna yeah, be, it's gonna I think be it's, a while. It's such a fine line, right? I mean, you you can ride great, and everything's you know you you feel fast and everything, but it's just that razor's edge of the level you have to be on to you know run up front right now. It's it's uh. I, you know, I've been in that situation where I've been at my peak and I've been not at my peak, and I don't know what the difference was to get back there. You know, it's just kind of, <laughs> sure. uh, it's. I mean, it's a, a combination of mental and physical and um, being on your program at the right times. It's just, there's a lot to it. I, I don't know. If, every, if, you know, if it was easy to point to, everybody would get jumped right back on that edge, you know. Yeah. So, um, the NFAB- I wish you guys could have witnessed the atmosphere in the, the Cowie truck. I was actually looking for Wilson because he got a second, I want to talk to him, and then I, he was actually up in the factory Cowie rig, not the pro circuit rig, talking to Weimer. Weimer super bummed. I said to Weimer, I'm like, hey, can you talk about your race? He's like, there's honestly nothing to talk about, dude. I got 12. So he's just bummed. And then Wilson was super bummed also. So they were on the couch bummed together. And then as I'm trying to coax some information out of these two bummed-out riders, um, Big B, the truck driver, comes barging through and practically plows Alden Baker and myself down because he has to desperately get the tapes because it's now time to review the incident with Villapoto on the other side of the rig. So you've got emotions flying everywhere, pissed-off dudes. Curses are starting to come out as mm-hmm. they're hearing what might happen with a penalty, potentially. Let's look you at mean, the tape. You mean Villapoto starts cursing? Yes. Right. And I think at one point somebody said, hey, 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 because like, I was there, like, don't curse in front of a media guy. <laughs> and I was bummed. Because I was this close to just being able to be flying the wall and just watch the tape. If they had not noticed that, I think I would have gotten away with it. I could have just because I just wanted to see it. I didn't. Right. I didn't need to be in Kawasaki's meeting. But we're trying to figure out what happened, and all we have is the how no, long did that no, whole incident take? No, everyone had the tape. Everyone had it. Everyone wanted you to see right. it. <laughs> everyone said, if you see it on tape, it'll be obvious. And I'm like, here's my chance to actually see it on tape. But the Cowie guys are saying, if you see it on tape, it's obvious. And then the Suzuki guys are saying, if you see it on our tape, it's obvious. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So funny that. So you've got the two dudes yeah. up in the riders' lounge, super bummed, and then another guy on the verge of a flip out, and everybody trying to keep him calm, but they're probably all mad too. It was an awesome atmosphere, and finally, Big B's like, "Hey, could you just step outside the truck real quick?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Got it." How about Understood. the uh, How about the Porcel to uh, RCH rumor? Bizarre. That was bizarre, and it was uh, LeBeg, uh, Stefan Legrand was the first guy to report it, and it seemed like it was going to be true, and then it, it turned out that Hart said on Twitter that he knew nothing about it, and then in the end, uh, I talked to LeBeg today, and he said that everyone was screwing with him, was joking with him, but like, I'm thinking, okay, that's cool, you want to joke with him, but don't get mad if the guy puts a, puts a, you know, a press release out or a, or a note that it's going to happen, you know? Um, like I don't get it. Like that's how these things work, right? Like that's how these. I think, I, th- I think that's uh, there's where there's smoke, there's fire, but no one can talk about it yet, and everyone's gonna 
I don't know anything about that. Nope, 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 yeah. nope, nope. No, it's perfectly that's fine my, to say that, opinion. but then don't get mad when these rumors get started, and they're pretty much confirmed by some of the main principals on the team, but in, in the end, those well, main principals are just effing with the reporter. I think I don't like people that. got in trouble that shouldn't have said anything, whether how true it is or not. Um, you know, there's just there's a lot of that in the sport, honestly. Backtracking and no, 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 didn't say that, didn't say that. You know, and whatever. Yeah. How, I've seen it, seen it too many times in the sport. Yeah, I, I just think it was funny. Um, there's probably something there, like you said, JT, where smoke was fire. Um, but I just thought it was funny that LeBig gets basically lied to as a joke, and then some of the people on the team are, are coming down on, on – I put that tweet out for Racer X saying we've – you know, we learned that this could happen, and then I get, you know, yelled at a little bit. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, you can't really get much more conf- confirmation than what I, what I saw. From the big, right. so right. I, it just—it's one of those things that make me shake my head. The Purcell thing, overall, beyond that, just even if it is going to happen or even if it isn't, let's just say it does. It is an odd pairing. It is just that one really came out of nowhere. I cannot see uh, Ricky and Purcell working well together. I, I can tell you when we had Ricky in the TV booth um, a couple times when the, the years where Purcell was up front in the two fifties. Carmichael was never impressed. And this is at times when he was winning the races or, or leading the points. Right. Um, now, I understand at times he was racing Dunge, and we know Carmichael and Dunge are tight, so maybe that was a bit of a factor. But you can usually pick up on, you know, certain guys who certain guys like, and that, that vibe was not being laid down by Carmichael. Yeah, yeah. So unless they're this desperate, and I don't see that team being that type of team that's like, we must win now or we're done. Call the Frenchman that hasn't raced for a year. Call him, you know. Yeah. It just seems a little bizarre to me. Yep. All right, guys, anything else? On the RacerX, BTOsports.com podcast presented by ThorMX. ThorMX, the gear that Ryan Villapoto wore to a controversial-filled win in St. Louis. Can I, get, can I get some percentages before we hang out? Percentages on Millsaps winning the title. Well, Wygant was as high as 39%, I think, last we checked. <laughs> they were very curious over at the Rockstar Rig what I was up to. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go right to fifty. I'm gonna go right to fifty, and I say, hey, you're halfway to the series, fifty percent chance. That's pretty darn good. Is there? Does Ryan Dungey, who's third, have any percentage shot? Yes, like, yes, he does. Okay, totally okay. does. Okay, I'm just checking, just checking. Which all goes back to my I hate when the people run the math ahead of time. You know, all you got to do is think of races like that crazy Jacksonville Supercross two years ago. You know what I mean? Like. Villapoto doesn't qualify, Stewart crashes out in the first lap. Like, stuff like that can happen. Like, you can make up points in a massive amount. It's not, even though we haven't seen it happen this year, that doesn't mean that something nutso isn't right around the corner and Dungy wins Daytona and those guys get 16th and 17th and you're like, whoop, he's right in it. It's totally possible. Okay. Um, what do you Don't think, you JT? What do you think? I, I do, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, and this is going to sound weird, but I think it's 60-40. Villapoto winning. Oh, that is that, that is weird. Yeah, 60-40. I just, I just think Millsaps is, or, or Villapoto has done this too many times, and now the door is open. I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here, but uh, 60-40 is 100, and you said Dungy needs a percentage. Okay, well, sorry. Let's say, let's say 60. I, I don't think Dungy has more than a 10% chance at this point. 60-30-10. Let's go with that. Oh, I th- that's too high for Villapoto, JT. That's too high. 
I don't. I don't think so. I think he's done this too many times. He's it, too it, good. He's got a twelve at point lead. Situation. He's got a twelve point lead. Yeah, the, the door's wide open now. Dude, the points are meaningless. Two, two weeks ago, two now. weeks ago, it was like twenty-seven or twenty-nine points. Right. Yeah, I, I just think it's, I think the door's wide open now. I don't think you even need crazy events to happen anymore. All I, you have to do is just ride. You know what I mean? Consistently beat Davy, and it's it's there. I'm not good at math. I've stated this many times. Math's my worst subject besides life. Uh, but I'm going to go 43% Millsaps, 40% uh, Brian Villapoto, and 17% Ryan Dungey. How's that? Okay. 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 <laughs> Every, everyone's like doing the math. Is he right? Good, po- yeah. good podcast. Yeah, yeah, good, good job. Um, I, I, Millsaps is still the favorite by a slight bit. He's got a twelve point lead. Villapoto's been a bit up and down. I don't like. I I I like Villapoto making up points on him again this weekend, though. I don't know how many, but I think I think the win for the Daytona this weekend is going to come to Stu or RV. Of that, I have no doubt. Do we agree with that? I don't say I don't think you can say that for sure. Millsap's got second there last year. I know he's historically Stu, very good at this race. Stu and RV are on another level at Daytona. I think. Why well, again? What do you think? I think in general things are too close this year to make calls like that. Okay. All right. I mean, okay. During the race, all of a sudden, hey, look at Barsha. He's right there, staying with Stu. I, I know. Okay, it's a different track at Daytona, but just in general, I feel like everyone's so close that right. the randomness of bad starts and crashes. Can overcome anything. No, nobody except maybe Villapoto is fast enough to overcome if something bizarre, but that happens normally in racing. Happens. Are you starts tenth? I don't think he wins. Are you Are you announcing this weekend? Yeah, and uh, I've got upgraded. I'm the floor announcer, but now I do the podiums. I've never done this at a Supercross. So oh, here we go. Okay, so yeah. yeah, so you're announcing Daytona all day. No, here's the great thing about working for Daytona. We have a meeting at eleven, and they say, "All right, we'll see you at seven o'clock." Oh, really? I could literally go and like go downtown, have a couple beers, some wings, you know, go to the beach. They have, the, they do not care. The best Amazing. part of you announcing Daytona this weekend is the fact that Irv Braun will not be announcing. <laughs> well, we're bringing Bidus too, and I know you're high on Bidus. Oh, Bidus! Bidus yeah. is great. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's, Bidus is Bidus is probably better than you, Wygant, as a live announcer because he's got the voice. Yeah, he's, he's good. got I, the baritone I, voice, and and your voice isn't like loudspeaker. Uh, it's good. Don't get me wrong; it's good, but it's not the baritone that, that the Rocket Rob has. I agree. Yeah, he's he's so, loud. Um, but you two together—that's pretty good. That's a pretty good combo. Isn't well, we got Paul Page coming back. I just found that out. Um, Page. We thought it was just two of us, yeah. and the Daytona people were at the race this weekend, and so we're bringing in Paul okay, Page. Paul that, Page is one of the most famous voices in racing. But um, he pops in once a year to do one of these, so it sometimes shows. Is Nastin involved? No, I guess Nastin. Oh, thank out. God. Okay, well then that has brought the event up a little bit. Also, there isn't there isn't too many guys who are worse than Larry Nastin. Irv is, but Larry's another dude that needs to just you know not announce. His popping in for one race a year showed dramatically, many many times. Yeah, see, what I respect Paul Page for is that he doesn't overstep his boundaries. Like, he knows that he's kind of out of his element, and he, 
as they, so to speak, he lets, you know, he lets the race come to him or he plays within himself, you know what I mean? He doesn't try to do stuff. If he's not sure, he doesn't go there. Matson, if he's not sure, he just pins it wide open and just makes wide open names and does <clears throat> wrong stats. And All right. Well, good luck this weekend announcing. JT, thank you for coming on the uh, BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. Uh, we'll see you this weekend in Daytona. Are you doing the VIP thing? I will be there. Are you doing VIPs? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Sweet. Oh, cool. All right. Uh, thanks, JT. Thanks, Wygant. Um, and we'll see you guys this weekend. All right. See you. All right. See you, boys. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.